slinging spells down the streets the same old decks we played last week cause it's MTG in quarantine we're all alright we're all alright the MTG in Quarantine Podcast. Hey, yo, what is up, everybody? My name is MJ, and you are listening to the one and only MTG in Quarantine Podcast, where the motto is EDH, community, now and always. Before we get started today, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. I'd also like to give this opportunity to give a huge shout-out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash mtgandquarantine. So huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Nick S., Frugal Brutal, and Coach J-Row for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash mtgandquarantine for more information. And if you heard the news that I am now a Quiver Time brand ambassador, so if you are looking to pick up any... Quiver Time cases, Bolt cases, Orion Playmat tubes, or just any of the Quiver family of products, you can go over to quivertime.com and use my personal code MTGIQ and all lower caps for 10% off your order at checkout. And again, that is MTGIQ in your cart as the promo code for checkout for 10% off your order. Definitely check that out. And you can also pick up your very own MTG in quarantine branded playmat over at Inked Gaming. That is I-N-K-E-D gaming.com. Got two really awesome versions, both the full color logo as well as the grayscale version. You're going to want one for you and all of your friends coming into the new year of 2024. So again, you can head on over to Inked Gaming. That's I-N-K-E-D gaming.com. You can find the link to this and the Quiver Time as well as all my social links in the link tree in the episode description below. Now on to the episode. Well, we've reached the end of 2023, and that means it's time to go over some of our favorite sets and cards that we saw in the past year. But again, it wouldn't be a good wrap-up episode if it was just me talking into the void for about 40 minutes, because no one wants to hear that, trust me. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce two brand new guests to the show today. I mean, I've, I know them from before the show, but I don't know if y'all know them, so I'd like to introduce both of them right now. So without further ado, I will introduce them to the show one by one, have them tell you a little bit about who they are, and then we're going to jump right into the episode. So first up, we are going to have my fellow cosplayer in crime, also known as Quintorius, if you happen to be at uh, Command, well, not, not Command Fest, I keep saying Command Fest for some reason, at Magic Con 30 Las Vegas. Introducing Brian, welcome to the show. Hi everyone. Yeah, I'm uh, as Andre mentioned. I'm Brian, uh, aka the True Fam Angel on the interwebs. Um, yeah, you might have seen me in my Quintoris cosplay. Um, I also did join the dance at Command uh, Anaheim. Um, I'm also a mod on some of the Magic Discords and stuff. I'm particularly uh, attacking to uh, Tokal's mod. And yeah, I make Magic content, talk a lot about Exelon, and yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's definitely good to have you. All right, and our another new guest was also at Command Fest Anaheim. That's where I met him. It seems like a lot of us were at Command Fest Anaheim. We got this fun, nice, fun little group going here. And anyway, I would like to introduce, without further ado, Dan. Welcome to the show. 
Hello, I am Dan. It's nice to meet you all and nice to be on the podcast. Uh, online, I'm known as Marsh Towers Art, uh, where I do a bunch of different D&D art and some commissions. I'm always open for commissions, so you want to throw some bucks my way. By all means, I would love to draw for you. I have been playing Magic for just about a year and a half now, I think. I started um, pretty recently at, uh, what's it called? Uh, New Cabana. Uh, and I love all the D&D crossover stuff, so those particular sets uh, really appeal to me. But yeah, online, I do mostly uh, art, and I have a past of cosplay as well on Instagram. Uh, but I haven't been doing those so much. But who knows, maybe in the future, I'll <laughs> roll up in some new uh, Magic the Gathering cosplays. But yeah, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having us, MJ. Yeah, no problem. And uh, thank you, Dan, for reminding me that the D&D uh, movie set actually came out this year, too. <laughs> Oh my god, you're right. I didn't realize that was this year. <laughs> yes, everything kind of dropped in 2023. Um, again, for the folks out there listening, before the show, we are having a very hard time actually thinking of all the different sets that came out this year. <laughs> I uh, tried to make a list, and frankly, that list um, kind of kept expanding without me intending to. So now I have these little like uh, arrows trying to move things around <laughs> as they came up. It's like, I need to make sure these in the proper order. <laughs> so we don't screw this up so the folks at home there don't say hey well mj you know this came up before that hopefully it's we very, are correct so it's very uh, uh always sunny in philadelphia the big board with the arrows pointing at left right yeah, and yeah pretty much pretty much like that um, area hexalon doctor who what, what does it mean <laughs> what is this reality? <laughs> what is this reality um so anyway yeah, we're, we're going to start off with the uh, set that basically brought in the new year of 2023, and that is All Will Not... No, 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 no. That was <laughs> Dominaria Remastered. You see fooled you on that one. Yeah, you, you pulled the rug from under me myself. Yeah, because <laughs> like, oh. yeah, again, even I think all of us forgot this set even existed. <laughs> I was ready. I, I had my notes on Rip Roaring ready to go. Yep, and actually... Talk I, 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 yeah, that was in, half intentional, half me actually forgetting it was there even though I have to up on the screen, because I am a doofus sometimes. Um, so anyway, yeah, Dominaria Remastered was a 457-card set that released actually two weeks into 2023. Can you believe that? So, I mean, we would have had the pre-release oh, yeah. the first week and kind of the first looks in 2022, so it's very easy to forget that the set even really existed, save for the fact I did open a couple of booster packs. I played in one sealed event, I think. Um, but yeah, this was just an entire reprint set from throughout Dominary's history. We had a bunch of powerful cards in there, a bunch of maybe not so powerful, but kind of the draft type cards and uh, Savannah lines. So, I mean, how much more do you need from a set when you can get a two one for one with flavor text? I mean, this is just, <laughs> but yeah, it's honestly though, it was really cool getting to play in the sealed events, just get having you know, still being kind of new to Magic, like I'm having played for like, was it four or five years now, it's still really cool to be able to to have gone back and seen cards from throughout Magic's history with the Dominary Plane, especially given the fact that if, for the folk, for the Vorthos folks out there, and Brian, I know you're you're in this camp too. Dan, I'm not sure. I've never asked, but... Uh, I don't, hey guys, I don't know what Vorthos means. <laughs> are, are you invested in the lore of Magic the Gathering? Like yes, I, yeah. So, okay. so this was the year that I started, like, delving into uh, the lore with Magic when the whole March of Machines thing came out. Because mm. I'm like, oh, this is like the endgame of Magic. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, it was War of the Spark before that, and it was very confusing. Um, cause that was like five years of stories. At least you only had to go through like two. <laughs> so, but, but anyway, it's a, my, my own, my own stories aside though, 
it was really cool to be able to see all of these cards come from throughout Magic's history, especially some of the older cards, too. Just come back, be put in the more modern frame, and just a nice mixture of, you know, draft commons and actual chase rares. Like, uh, I pulled a No Mercy from one of the booster packs in my oh. sealed event. And it's like, yeah, I, can't, I can play this. It doesn't necessarily help me in a limited environment, but this card before it got reprinted was $50 because it had only been printed <laughs> in Urza's Legacy as well as an Amiket Invocation, which, yeah. as we all know, are just ridiculously expensive cards. And mm-hmm. it's like, now I can actually own this card, and I don't know if I actually play it in any decks because this is, this is kind of the card my playgroup used to hate. So um, it could be like all combat based. So it's like, if you just deal damage to me, die creature. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But again, the fact that we were able to bring a lot of those cards down in price is pretty awesome. And and again, I know greater content creators than me, those with more reach have really gone into the exact, uh, you know, the the finances of reprints. We've had these discussions on our reprints, a good thing. And I'm going to say as a resounding yes, Unless you're you're mean, you spend like fifteen dollars on a titanium, now it's worth a buck. So, you know, it's like <laughs> some feel bads, but on the other hand, I don't care too much because now I have a no mercy. Um, I also got to pull a Yogmoth Thran Physician in that uh, ah, sealed event. So nice. big shout, yeah, big shout out to uh, Yoggoth, uh, Nick, big who big I shout out to Yogoth, have, <laughs> have have not had on the show yet. I've been meaning to have him on the show at some point, talk about his Yogmoth cosplay. But anyway, the point is, is that. Uh, even Yawgmoth is still like a $14 card, even with this reprint. So, you know, it, it brings the price down some, but it also does get more copies out in the market. And more importantly, I now have a copy that I didn't have to buy online. So, you see this, or in my, in my local game store. But again, it means like you, I would buy it at my local game store, but uh, if I could pull it in a pack, all the better. So, anyway. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of really, really fun cards. Birds of Paradise was also uh, reprinted in that set. Um, Elvish Spirit Guide for the CDH folks out there. Uh, big, big thing right there. <laughs> Just kind of going through some of the list here. Um, I did get a Gerard card reprint in here with Gerard's Verdict, which is always fun um, for, for those who actually know me, who I actually do cosplay as Gerard Caption as well. Not as often as my Tireless Tracker, but I do on occasion. Mm-hmm. So it's good to be able to see that. Some of the split cards um, in, in each color pairing as well as Jalem Tome and the Legacy Weapon, just for the hell of it, honestly. Um, yeah, it's it just really nice to be able to see a lot of these cards getting printed, and then they have the, the old frame, which is nice, too. So, all in all, I would say it was a really fun set to draft, or sealed, I don't remember which exactly which one it was. I was at a tournament at the time, so it's like, I don't mm-hmm. even remember if it was sealed or draft. It's all blending together. Yeah, it, it really, it only, it's been a whole... If you've seen the list, I mean, have folks out there seen the list of releases that come out this year? Can you blame me for getting this? So much, yeah. Brian, did you did you pull any cool cards in Dominaria? Um, I was a little bit more happy that I was getting more Laura Dollbringers. Like she's one of my favorite <laughs> cards, like especially from like uh, was it? It was just Dominaria. That's right. Um, love her. She's like my girl and everything. So every time I pull one, it's like. Ah! so excited even though i have like a bunch of her <laughs> one more for the shrine <laughs> pretty much yeah that's like the same with Amazon too mm-hmm. very cool i uh i my experience this is my i think this was actually my first draft experience in person ever so i really really enjoyed it um i would have absolutely swept but somebody else was like like one other seat away from me was pulling the exact same colors 
and he got two swords to plowshares, and I'm like, oh my god, I could have used one of those, and I, I ended up losing to him, but um, I think some of my favorite pulls I pulled from that, I also got that No Mercy, I didn't realize that that was this set, um, but I actually have thrown it into Tasha, my uh, Tasha the Witch Queen uh, deck, and ooh, I love it, I love some, de I love some defensive plays, but the tutors that came out in this one were such a nice reprint, in my opinion, I I have. I was lucky enough to get a worldly tutor and a mystical tutor as well. So, mm -hmm. and Those vamp, vamp tutor was also in this vampiric tutor. Yes, awesome. yes. Yeah. Now, what is this? Still thirty dollars or more. So, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, really, really good set. I uh, since I'm really bad at drafting, I usually end up drafting aggro decks. <laughs> so I ended up. Uh, I think I ended up drafting Rakdos Goblins for this set, and actually, <laughs> it put in some work. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, get like three of those uh, trying to try three Goblin Medics. Uh, I think I had a Grape Shot in there. Pashalik nice. Mon, Mog, couple of Mog War Marshal, Skirk Prospector. You know, it's like just go deep, run fast, do Rakdos both, <laughs> both things, and uh, yeah, it was it, it was fun. Um, got run over by a, by like a, there really weren't a lot of vehicles in this set, but it seemed like I just got hit by, uh, Azorius Control real hard, <laughs> <laughs> like running into was, a wall. That was what I drafted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I ran into a wall, effectively. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I won a pack, though, so I, I won one or two matches, so it was, it, it, it's all good, but yeah. Anyway, moving on to the actual first standard legal set of the year. And I'm not going to pull the rug out from you on this one, Dan. So we're going to move on to, honestly, my least favorite set of the year. But again, that's just me. <laughs> um, that is going to be Phyrexia All Will Be One, which I can finally open on Scryfall because there's like 10 different add-ons on Scryfall too. It's like, where's the actual space set? <laughs> but anyway, take it away, Dan. Um, yeah, so Phyrexia All Will Be One was the first set that came out. The first, like, major standard set that came out this year. Um, I wasn't super excited about the set at first, um, but there were some standout cards that I went that was, like, interesting. Uh, pretty cool over here. And um, the ones I wanted to point out in particular, um, since the whole thing was, like, sort of a, from a artwork perspective, very appealing to me because it was very, like, horror, body horror kind of, scary cards and i'm like ooh, this is nice um my favorite cards of the set i will say i think is probably phyrexian obliterator that one was so so cool and i run it in um i, I have it constantly in and out of a deck and i'll talk about later in another um, part of the podcast um but phyrexian obliterator was cool all will be one is such a like <laughs> it's like when you say the title of a movie in the movie, you know, <laughs> and uh, getting to see that card all will be one. Running that with uh, uh, Obnixilis Captive Kingpin for, you know, an essential auto win and standard is is fun. Uh, Skrell's Hive, I run in my Jetmir deck as a consistent token generator. Um, the Eternal Wanderer is good, too. Uh, we had uh, uh, <laughs> Norn Mother of Machines come out in this one. And although, you know, mechanically I hate it, you gotta you gotta give it up for, you know, big robot mommy uh there. So <laughs> and well, then definitely, um definitely on that I one. My, <laughs> I think my all time favorite though is is probably Urtet. Uh I believe Urtet came out in this one and he ended up being a commander uh, of mine that I still run to this day. 
because I wasn't super prior to this. I wasn't super big on artifact decks. I, I thought they were kind of not my cup of tea, especially when we had that whole artifact set really in um, Brothers War. Um, but mer- but the mirrors. This is when I discovered like mirrors because I'm a relatively new player. This is when I discovered mirrors. I'm like, they're just little guys that that mm-hmm. have a single purpose, and they all come together to unite that purpose. And look at this guy. He's picking up some of the trash boys out of the trash. And that was really appealing to me. Um, so now I have an Urtet deck, and I love you know tapping for big mana, having those one one counters, all that good stuff. Um, this set also happened to have some cool showcase cards. Um, the uh, ones in particular that I really enjoy were uh, Skrelv. Uh, he had this really cool, you know, full art, um, just like gnashing teeth full art card. And uh, Okiva Enigma Goliath was another particular fave of mine. That it was just this big looming shadowy. It was it was really like oily, obviously, you know, mixing up with the Phyrexians, um, oily looking look to it um, that I really really enjoyed uh, uh, amongst backdrops of like pure singular colors uh that sort of reflect phyrexia's um you know uh uh, division amongst their uh colors and sort of zealotry that they uh carry along in the further parts of the story and then we also had the phyrexia oil lands that were crazy expensive i don't have any of them but i do think it was the start of something i really really enjoy in essentially gift bundles that um later down in ixalan they do very well talk about that a little better later but i love when a gift bundle or a regular bundle gives you a a set of full art lands uh because then you get to like you know put those all in your deck and stuff like that so this was i think one of the first ones that of this year that we got that was that the price could be a little bit better but hey you know i I love the beautiful art so um that's pretty much all i got to say about phyrexia i I enjoyed the spookier aspect of it yeah definitely all right brian what did you think about this set i actually liked it um speaking from like a commander like limited um player viewpoint like i i found incubate to be like really interesting like i like that it was a nice end game thing and stuff and i, I know that's more mechanic wise but I, I did want to mention that but like for the cards themselves yeah there's so many good cards for like commander um all those gods like the mondrak like when i see a, a card that well i guess sadly they're not gods i forget what they're if they're actually typed that way but they're just all just so good for commander oh, and again yeah. like mondrock is a really good one and i think that card is still worth a lot right now mm-hmm. and i i love it's just anointed procession on you know a creature i'm just like oh wow this is great damn oh okay it was a lot more so it's it's damn. gone to it's still pretty high <laughs> but at least it's a little bit more reasonable than what it was yeah, um, I would say also probably like, because I know we're also talking about the set, but they're also all the commander products tied into. Um, I love the. I'm a big mono white person. Like I love mono white. You see my Elspeth deck and everything, so like you know I'm like a fan of that color, and. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 hard. It's just like what what you like you like that color? What I thought that was the bad color. Um, but yeah, no, I I. The commander decks also has some great stuff, and we're starting to see like with like stuff like Norn's Wellspring or like Norn's Decree, that stuff they talked about before. Where like we're trying to work on mono white draw, we're trying to make it so it's it's you know, they have that option as well. I think that's actually good, honestly. And those cards were a good example of that. Of like, oh, I see what you're doing. You see what you're 
you're getting at. There's a nice balanced way to do this. So then that way we can get card draw, but not also feel like we're still behind everyone else. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> um, yeah, but before I go on to my take, I did want to give a huge shout out to uh, my friend Anna, aka Frexian Fangirl, for the Elish Doran Mother of Machines CDH deck, which completely wiped the floor with me at uh, MagicCon <laughs> Vegas. So for, for anyone out there who says weak is, or white is weak, I'm going to say you clearly haven't met Anna then. Um, that yeah. deck was just gross. But <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, as far as being a Vorthos person, I think All Will Be One was basically the equivalent of me stabbing myself in the eye repeatedly with a fork. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th there were definitely some powerful cards on on here. Um, <clears throat> I'm also going to point out the Phyrexian Vindicator, which a lot of folks were getting really excited about. Mm -hmm. 5-5 Phyrexian Horror mm -hmm. for white, 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 white. Flying, and if damage be dealt to Phyrexian Vindicator, prevent that damage. When damage is prevented this way, Phyrexian Vindicator deals that much damage to any other target. So basically, Phyrexian Obliterator just done in white and done a little differently. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, That was really cool. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Uh, being able to hit the, the new Wandering Emperor with a Planner Disruption and Seal to actually win a match was Chef's Kiss. Because you can nice. enchant a planeswalker and prevent its activated abilities from being activated. It's the only reason I won that match at the uh, <laughs> unknown event in in Philly there at MagicCon Philly. So, yeah, that's yes. pretty much all I have to say about this set. Except, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's there. There were a lot of really cool cards and a few like commons and uncommons that were really nice too. Um, even just things like Infectious Inquiry are really nice because again, it's a uh, you draw two cards, lose two life. Each opponent gets a poison counter, sorcery for two and a black. It's basically another type of read the bones in there. It's like if you're playing mono black and you just want like super cheap draw spells, it's a common. It only costs a couple cents and it slots right into basically any black deck. Looking to just like those small sorceries, little bursts of draw. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway. And then this is also the set mm -hmm. where I am still very tempted to rip up my Phyrexian Arena and burn it. Just for the hell of it, because like I said, fork to eye, fork to eye, fork to eye. Let's make it stop. So anyway, that's just my uh, little lore person coming out there. But anyway, um, podcast host says, be positive, MJ, be positive. <laughs> so anyway, we, we're, we're going to move on immediately to the positive bit. Um, somewhat anyway. And that is going to be March of the Machine, which came out in April. So, yeah, we had a lot of sets coming out really quickly, especially standard legal sets here. It was like February to then two months later, bam, we're hit to March of the Machine. So mm -hmm. 2023 was definitely, at least felt like standard-wise, was very forward-weighted at the, at the time, and then just felt like we had a deluge of products at the end of the year. So just a very odd release schedule. But anyway, Dan, take it away. What were your thoughts about March of the Machine? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I love March of Machine so much. <laughs> um, okay, so we had battles and team-ups in this set that had come out, and battles were such an interesting, like, new type of card. Because usually when we have, like, a new mechanic, it's just something that is printed on the card. It feels like it's been a while since we've had just a straight-up new permanent uh, on the field, you know? And battles could be that. Um, they, they functioned very interestingly, especially in a commander format where you could place them on another... Uh, another person's field, usually you'd go for, like, the weakest one or, you know, your partner or some somebody that, like, couldn't quite defend it because on the backside there was another cool card that, that could have them. 
Um, and then, oh, um, you guys, I love team-ups. <laughs> I love team-ups, and March of Machines did such cool team-up cards, especially with their altered, like, framed arts and stuff like that. I love them so much, and the lands of March of Machines, oh my god, the full art lands with the, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, they look like uh, stained glass windows. Like, oh, it's so cool. No, wait, no, is that, no, that's not March of Machines, that's Dominaria something. Whatever. I love it. It's so, it's so pretty. It was just so, such a pretty set, and, and to have some of these um, team-up cards, and uh, especially from, from me, who doesn't, who's unfamiliar with, like, the lore of, of Magic for so much, um, getting to see cards like, you know, Slimefoot and Squee, for example. Like, I don't I didn't know who they were, so now I got to go look back at their own stories. And, you know, Itali and Yarg, uh, sorry, uh, Yargal and Multani is like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I get to go and look at their stories. And it felt like for someone who's not uh, as deep in the world of magic, this was a set that got to, like, help me understand why all these beloved characters were so beloved uh, to begin with. And like I said earlier, it's like, it, it's kind of like a, um, like the end, like the Marvel's Endgame or the Infinity War of of Magic, as it felt like so many different sets and you know a collection from the past of the entirety of Magic got to sort of unite on one front. From a storytelling perspective, I think it could have used a little more work, but you know it was still really really awesome. You know, um, some of my favorite cards. I just wanted to touch on real quick. City on Fire. I love that that card with Convoke and lets you triple the damage, like, that's so painful. Oof, um, that's a good card, honestly. Tribute to the World Tree. <laughs> I pulled Tribute to the World Tree three times. I have pulled a lot of martial machines, but um, that that card is so good in, like, your big creatures kind of deck, or even, like, a ramping up creatures type of deck. Um, Kolga and Yadaro is just a... That, that's just King Kong and Godzilla. You know what I mean? Like, I love, <laughs> I love it. Um, Mirror Shield Hoplite. Is uh, my partner runs that in their deck? They have a, a Bright Palm deck, which is also released in Marching Machines, and that card ruins me. <laughs> um, Omnath Locus of All. It was such a fun little like finalization on the five color Omnath. You know, with all the previous versions of Omnath. I already talked about Yargol and Multani, but that now being the biggest power, new, like neutral power creature that we have now. Um, Zimone and Dina is literally a deck I'm building now, and you know they all have these crazy cool artworks i have a slime foot and squeed deck i had mentioned that earlier before and that's like probably my favorite deck to play right now um and if we end up talking about uh what's our favorite card of the entirety of 2023 two card my two choices come from this set which i won't say yeah we can talk about that later but um man i love this card and just the special showcase treatment that they gave the cards in this set was such a like such a awesome experience to get to to like pull uh the 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 showcase jenga taxes card was you know scary and sort of you know all jagged uh and oily the uh Morogimos and um Fibblethip card looks like it's pulling straight out of like you know a greek you know epic um Aaron and giada had that nice little treatment from um uh new tales of, uh, sorry um streets of new Capenna. Uh, and it had that like art deco style like it was such a beautiful set and then you know you got March Machine Aftermath if we touch in some of these cards as well could have been thrown in there as well maybe um, but it was still so cool like all oh, I love March Machines and, and I feel like <laughs> people don't talk about it in such a positive way because of the aftermath attached to it um, but I loved it I, I, I loved it so much 
Yeah, definitely. And I, how did you know, Dan, that I was actually looking at the Jin Gitaxius uh, Step Incomplete uh, foil the exact time you were you were talking about? Awesome. It's like this seems really weird. You read my mind or something? It deserves, it deserves <laughs> to be spoken. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And, and and you're right. It was really cool again to see all the showcase treatments. And I mean, we could go on, but again, that just doesn't seem to be doing everything justice. So I'm going to kick this on over to Brian. What were your thoughts on March of the Machine, the set? I really liked it too. Like I, I know people aren't hyped on like the Avengers big, like event sets and everything, but I do enjoy them. Again, same reason as Dan. Like I love seeing the crossovers. I love going back to the history and seeing all that. Um, speaking of cards that I particularly liked, uh, can I tell you about my new uh, favorite lesbian couple of Inga and Iska? It's great. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. The, the the Wayne Reynolds artwork on that is it's so beautifully gay. I love it. It has <laughs> a rainbow and they're just having a good time. And then there's just there's kitties, there's little uh Norwegian cats and so cute and wonderful. Mm -hmm. But the card itself is also just really fun and commander. Um I have a Iska all like just all Kauheim that's in there and I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Um and then also this was a big moment for like this is a big moment for my boy Quint. Quint, you know, got his own Another legendary card, um, which is a little bit more souped up, which I really liked. Um, mm -hmm. Sparked, you know, spoiler for uh, for those out there. <laughs> yeah, it's a big year for Quinn. Quinn's getting a lot of love, and I'm very happy he's becoming like our red white representative. Um, and also with L, Elspeth, she she finally became the angel she deserved to be. She always was an angel in my heart, but you know, it was nice <laughs> that she uh, she finally got that. I think my only um. My only downside about that with Elle's card is I, I almost wish she was just a, a one mana less. So I was just like, give me my three drop Elspeth. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I thought this. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh. No, no, no. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. I was just going to say, yeah. No, that, overall, I, I like the set. I thought it was fun and everything. I know there's, you know, some problems story wise, but otherwise, I think it's, I think it was great. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to say that I know a lot of folks had a problem with the story and I can see, you know, part of that just being that it was kind of rushed. But if folks know the meme of that baby going, yes, that was me. <laughs> I was one of the very small uh, minority of folks who actually thoroughly loved the story. Um, you know exactly how it turned out, because like I said, if this if Phyrexia all be one, it'll be me stabbing myself repeatedly with a fork. Um, March of the Machine just kind of rectified a lot of that. <laughs> and it's like it was really cool like again everything's been said already here it was cool seeing all the team ups um a bunch of really cool cards how can i not include placid rotten tail in this just being a fungus <laughs> rabbit just kind of chewing on things uh, indiscriminately <laughs> and yeah it was it was a really cool set i did do a I think I did a sealed event on this one i don't remember exactly how that one turned out but again that's because there's been a million uh of products that have come out since then, so I've probably just forgotten how that turned out. Um, but yeah, some of my highlights from this set included Corrupted Conviction, which is basically another village rights for one mana instant speed. I mean, that goes in all of my black decks. Honestly, they were already running village rights. Uh, folks were really losing their mind over Fairy Mastermind, um, yeah. which was a 2-1 Fairy Rogue, which allows you to draw, let's see, whenever opponent draws their second card each turn, you draw a card which is also really important CDH too. So, I mean, I can speak more on that. Um, a couple of the other things that came out of the set. Um, just honestly, the art on Elspeth Smite, I think really made the set for me. Just mm -hmm. a giant sword spearing Elishnorn, like right through the midsection. That is just like chef's kiss for me. 
It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, you know, you've been mess- you've been meddling in our affairs for too long. Go away. <laughs> it, it just felt, <laughs> it just felt really good. Um, again, we have to do, we do have to mention Breach the Multiverse as well, which was... Oh right. my god, that's okay. That's one of the two yeah. cards that that's my favorite card. Sorry, the I won't. No, it's I'll, okay. I'll okay, move. I didn't tell you earlier. I'll move. Oh my god, I love that card. Yeah. So, so how about you uh, explain why you love this card so much? Okay, Breach the Multiverse is a I think it's an eight cost card that uh, sorcery that lets you mill everybody, including yourself, for ten cards, and then you pull a creature out of everyone's graveyard, including yourself. That creature comes back on your side of the field untapped. And also uh, is a Phyrexian in addition to its other types. I have this. I ran this card in two decks. Now I only have it in one, but it's in my hey, it's in my Slimefoot and Squee deck. Big shout out to Marching Machines again, um, because that deck is so um, self milling and you know cheating in these screwed up creatures from the graveyard and getting to you know blast everybody with mill like that. And then getting to steal like their best creature from the entire game at and by turn eight, you know some stuff has already some some juicy stuff has already been left in the graveyard for me and my little slime foot and squee to to fish out. So I have had so many good hits on that card. It's one of my favorite cards. I used to run it in Tasha as well, but um, I've taken it out. Uh, but man, I oh I just love it so much. It's a little pricey, but you know by the time that I can pull it off, a lot of the counter spells have already been played. So I've I've never had it countered yet, which I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Mixing that with um Sir Conrad the Grim, which I also have in that deck, that's like mm-hmm. that's an easy chunk of damage on everybody as well, you know? Yeah, I, I already don't like that. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but yeah, um again everything that's already been said, especially about Yargle and Multani just being basically double Yargle is is really fun. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to again call out Thali and the Gitrog monster because that's uh, got a ton of publicity at first. I really don't see it as much anymore out there, mm-hmm. but you know some folks are still playing it. And let's not let's not uh, get through this episode without talking about the actual uh, card that most people were talking about that ended up really not going anywhere, and that was Drawn in Linvala. <laughs> I remember that card was oh, like twenty dollars. <laughs> and a pre-release and now it's like two and i don't hear about it anymore so which is kind of sad because it's actually a really funky card um mm-hmm. and does does some things but again that's just kind of the the hype hype train and you know folks just kind of moving on to whatever the next coolest thing is so i i, I get it but it's also kind of sad because it was a cool card yeah, my buddy actually in my play group has a Dronadol Bala deck, um, and he plays it all the time. And man, I I see a lot of it. I see too much of it. Actually, <laughs> well, okay, I stand corrected. Um. <laughs> my my Vampire Kindred deck, I I use them, and I I that deck is very much Vampire Kindred, but also sub theme of I take your stuff. Um, and yeah, Dronadol and. Lavala helps a lot with that. It's like <laughs> I have your abilities too. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah that that's pretty much uh and again shout out to my friend cole uh, the uncommon commander who just loves that Arabrask uh that came out that does mm-hmm. weird storm type things um <laughs> well, that is yeah. good too anyway just so many so many iconic cards honestly and i thought the story was pretty good so you know for for me a real home run of a set mm-hmm. um yeah but we can't speak about march of the machine without talking about the aftermath 
the aftermath. So okay, we're going to kick that on over to that. And uh, Dan, since you had the, the start on this set, how about you just take the lead on this one as well? All right. Aftermath, it could have seen some better, you know, management. Well, we could all agree that it was kind of weird. Uh, but <clears throat> um, there were some good cards that I think are worth at least finding the singles for. Um, some interesting cards. I mean, I already spoke about Obnixilis, Captive Kingpin. I have to pull two of those when I when I have pulled. And I am, you know, it's it's a fun little, you know, uh, it was a big focus on like, hey, the planeswalkers that you know no longer have their sparks. And I think from a storytelling and from a mechanics perspective, that's a really good thing to do. Um, taking the power away from the oversaturated market of planeswalkers was, I think, makes them more special now, you know? Um, so it was fun to see a lot of characters that you knew from being planeswalkers now be just regular dudes, you know? Um, my favorite card of the set is probably Karn Legacy Reforged. I run that in Urtet. Um, Narset in Enlightened Exile, I, I have run against me in my playing group, and it hurts. <laughs> um, Obnixilis, Captain Kingpin, I love. I almost made a deck of that, but I decided against it. Um, and then Filter Out was such an interesting and cheap card uh, for Blue to uh, sort of wipe the annoyances on board. Um, so yeah, Martian Machines, it was, it was kind of strange, but I, I think there are some hits in there as well that are, that are definitely worth your, your time. All That's right. Brian, <laughs> what were your thoughts on this set? Yeah, I mean, I, it's a set that's very easy to forget because of how small it is and everything. But no, there, I agree with Dan. There's like a lot of good cards to pick up, at least as singles and such. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's not just the rares and mythics. Look at the uncommons, like Cosmic um, Rebirth. That card's mm -hmm. dumb. That, that <laughs> like, it, it seems like such a simple card. And then you're just like, once you start to know the different little weird combos you can do, and everything it's great and i love that you don't have to necessarily have it go to the battlefield you can go to hand and be like okay i'll just you know replay my thing then and get the etb in that way again or like when it's the most opportune time yeah. um also uh campus reconstruction i'm a lower hole person obviously yeah. i don't love that card and again that's also like an underrated card like you don't see it as much and i'm like if you're playing a deck that uses that you know those card types just play it it's it's going to get you the value off of there maybe it might not be the fastest but if it's in the generally you know pretty well speeds yeah speeded i guess word yeah you know, soup whatever um <laughs> but like if it's a good pace game you can that's a good card to try to use Yeah, this set had some cards in it. Um, again, gonna shout out. I know Dan <laughs> did mention this. You did mention the Omnixilis Captive Kingpin uh, mm -hmm. came came out in the set, which actually is very CDH viable now. I haven't really seen a lot of it in person in my games, but I know it's out there. Um, Cal from Playing with Power is one of those who's really into that deck. Um, and yeah, the fact we got an extremely expensive Nissa in this set, I think, was one of the other highlights too. Doesn't necessarily help me at all. Um, the lowest Cobra effect is kind of nice. I don't play Elf or Elemental decks, but uh, you know the fact that this card is eighteen dollars and has basically stayed there, I think, demonstrates the fact that this is actually still an important part of the story. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, again, for actually all be one stab, stab, stab. So um, <laughs> yeah, so 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 aftermath, especially, and then also just how many people were just uh, crying their eyes out or crapping their pants or both at open the way as well. I think mm -hmm. just being a, you know, just, I mean, not really necessarily about the card, but it's just about the lore implications and uh, being in both camps there. I can definitely 
say that was a big deal. But again, if we just want to go back to cards, uh, one of my favorite ones from this one, again, I, I didn't really open any of this, but um, <clears throat> uh, we did get Coppercoat Vanguard, which is a 2-2 yes. human for two. Each other human you control gets plus one plus seven. has Ward 1, which is really nice. I still need to pick up a copy of that. Uh, Metropolis Reformer is really nice. 2-3 Flying Vigilance. You have Hexproof and whatever is dealt damage. You gain that much life. So it's sort of like... Uh, like lifelink but kind of not and also reckless handling which is a really good card it's That's a common good, yeah. search your library for an artifact card to be able to put it in your hand shuffle then discard a card random so basically a gamble for an artifact card and if an artifact card is discarded this way reckless handling deals two damage to each opponent honestly just perfect for red decks trying to get artifacts in the graveyard hmm i wonder who runs those oh wait it's me <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah it's it's a good definitely a nice way to even at the cdh table and that's where i play it at so i haven't really got a chance to pull it off yet but again you know it's early in testing but i like where it can go just a really good card only about 10 cents so yeah that's all we really have to say about march the machine because it was really or sorry about aftermath because it's just a really small set. Uh, right. Anyway, we're going to move on to, well, not, unfortunately, it's not the biggest set this year. It was the biggest set for a while in terms of number of cards. And that, so we're going completely off the rails, off the Magic Gathering. We're going to Middle Earth, people. We're talking about Tales in Middle Earth. We're talking oh. about how much we either love or hate the One Ring and Orcish Bowmasters. <laughs> because let's be honest, unless you're playing in a mono red deck, One Ring is kind of busted. <laughs> but um yeah there was a lot of flavor in here and i actually did not get a chance to play any of this set personally but i know my friends here did so without further ado i'm gonna kick this on over to brian to get us started but yeah i played a lot of this <laughs> um i'm not and you know i'm not even that big of a lord of the rings fan i just oh. kind of have it from osmosis this set i really liked it like i magic was you know once they were really trying to to make sure they we got this ip we need to do a good job and i think they succeeded uh, the oh, yeah. limited play was great i played so many pre-releases and got to draft this i really love the synergy um i forgot how much i like a mass a mass is just a fun mechanic and i love the change that they did with that um particularly i really liked um march from the black eight that was another card where like it's definitely one that ties that deck together and it's really fun they did like okay a mass you're still getting a creature you got the enchantment now and this is going to come relevant later um there's just a lot of depth there um going to commander i i picked up the hobbit deck because i am myself and this is just all my friends are uh, uh hobbits uh we love our second prefaces and i'm if you know anything about like my mechanic or like favorite mechanic i love food Food means so much to me. So, like, to have that deck and pick it up, I knew what to do, and I don't think I've ever taken it apart. I think I, I've only added maybe one or two cards and switched them out, and that was it. But that deck is mostly intact. Frodo with Sam is, like, such... It's it's super fast. I So I don't have a lot of experience with CDH. I am kind of curious to hear your opinions about that, because it's like it feels like a fast deck. I don't know if there is a Frodo Sam CDH deck, but you know, I'd love to see if there was. But it was really fun. I, I really like the set. I think they got the flavor really well. Treatments were great. Just everything just felt super hilarious. Like I think my favorite or to talk about another card as well, like um uh the Witch King card was really, really interesting. And it was hilarious that we played a, a two-headed giant, my partner and I. And our opponent played the Witch King and was like, yeah, we're going to win. We're going to do this. And then my partner 
straight up just played a bounce spell and bounced it back and that for the win of us just swinging <laughs> for the illegal. And it's great because I was just like, honey, honey, no man can defeat the Witch King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we did it. We got the flavor. We did the thing. We did the thing. So, but yeah, no, I really like the set. And again, this is speaking of as not a big Lord of the Rings person. Like, I just know by osmosis, I like certain things. And I really thought it was just a lot of fun. All right. So, Dan, what are your thoughts on this set? I know you have a lot of thoughts on them, so... I got a lot of thoughts. All right. Head empty. A lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> okay. So, let me tell... Let me whisk you away. The story here. All right. So, I knew nothing about Lord of the Rings. Zero. Like, and I'm 28 years old, and I, 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 I knew absolutely nothing. And the set was coming out, and I'm like, man, I know people are going to be so excited about this set. And I'm going to feel left out if I'm not, you know, a part of it. So that week before Command Fest, Command Fest, uh, Commander Fest in Anaheim was, I think, on a Friday. It was the, was the starting day and then all the way to Sunday. Um, that whole week, I watched the extended cuts of all the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> so I took, I took, you know, a good 12 hours out of my, out of my life that week. And I watched every single movie. And I watched um, just, like, you know, the extended cuts. Got to learn the characters and see, you know, the, the story and all that stuff. Um, I love Lord of the Rings now. Like I'm so obsessed with Lord of the Rings now. And um, getting to go to Commander Fest with all these different people who were so passionate about um, Lord of the Rings and magic was so it was so cool to be a part of that of that thing. It was the first time in a long time, especially after March of the Machines, where it felt like everybody got to like experience this story and the culmination of years past to enjoy it to Lord of the Rings. Where now I was a part of that. Like I I had now you know I knew. The characters i knew the story i knew the the you know the the flavor wins of bouncing a, a lich king uh, or a uh, lich king back in your hand like it was such a cool experience to be a part of and you know the people doing cosplay were great and, and getting this is i mean this is where we all met it was it was at this at this place so it's like getting to meet new friends and like like just it was su such an awesome experience my own personal highlights of it were me and my buddies all did that uh that pre-con uh commander game i got the one deck that i really really wanted to get was um the aowen human deck because i i thought aowen was such a cool character and i really love the writings of rohan battle um with you know the battle of five armies and all that stuff so i'm like oh so so cool so awesome and i still have that aowen deck i run it to this day it's one of my favorites and <laughs> like like i i it's now like up there in, in one of my my favorites of of the decks that i made this year and um, I had a lot of draft experience there, some sealed stuff, um, some particular cards that I wanted to, to draw major attention to were um, Morgul Knife Wound. Don't, hey, hey, don't sleep on that one, all right? The consistent bleed on a character while you're weakening it and they have to exile it if they want to get rid of it. Man, that's so good. Um, Elven Chorus, I love and I think is also a sleeper card. Um, it is literally Cryptolith Rite with, for two more mana and in green, which... Oh, Two more mana in green. You can you can hit you can make that that sacrifice, um, and it lets you look at the top of your deck. And I think you can also play uh, creatures off the top of your deck as well. Um, Palantir of Orthnak is such a weird card, um, and I run it in my Slimefoot and Squeed deck because it mills you. You then have a, another player choose if either sorry you scry two, then you have that other player choose if they either going to let you draw a card or let you mill whatever is the amount of counters you have on that per turn. And uh, whatever the milled mana cost is, they take that damage. 
So in Slimefoot, where I have these, you know, eight cost creatures, I'm like, hmm, I'd love to put this on top of my deck and let you absolutely destroy yourself because you don't want me to draw one card. It's so good. And then um, Last March of the Ents, I love that card. It cannot be countered, and you're essentially bringing out your whole army for the next, like, depending on what you have on the field. Um, such a huge card. Uh, the showcase cards of this deck, absolutely phenomenal. The treatment they had, I thought that the, the March of Machines ones were good. Showcase cards in Lord of the Rings were so cool. Just getting to have your character in a new artwork surrounded by a beautiful border that represented their color. Like, uh, outstanding. Sa Samwise the Stouthearted is probably the most beautiful card I've ever seen. Um, Gollum Patient Plotter is in there. Faramir, Prince of Illithin. Sauron the Dark Lord. My personal favorite card... Uh, uh, probably my first favorite commander, I should say, uh, of all this year came from Lord of the Rings. I have an Aragorn the Uniter deck. I pulled him at Commander Fest. It was like the one card that I was so excited because Aragorn was my favorite character in all of Lord of the Rings. Um, and getting to see him on a card and him be, ooh, him be like really, really good and awesome was like so much fun. And I loved it. It, it was, ugh, everybody in their mother has said like that Lord of the Rings has was such an exciting set. And I'm just, you know, a new fan to the to the to Magic and to Lord of the Rings. That this was definitely the first time um, I got to have that experience of being a part of that of that huge community. And yeah, that's my experience. <laughs> yeah, the the cool thing about I would say from all this, or the weird thing about it, is that um, I feel like I was the only, and I'm not going to call myself an expert on this, but I was the only one who really knew anything about Lord of the Rings going into this. Is is that correct? Mm. I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Uh, up until until that week, <laughs> I knew nothing about it. So that I had seen the extended editions like three times each, and it's like I feel like an expert at this table. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so what I will say is everything both of you said and more. This was a very 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 powerful set. Also had a lot of really cool flavor in there. Obviously, I didn't read the books, so there was a lot of stuff that didn't necessarily add up to me. But again, I you know you can look past that honestly. There are some little little characterization things that weren't necessarily played in the movies or just some little pieces here and there that uh, don't necessarily add up. But again, whatever, you know, it, it's not just meant to be the movies regurgitated. It's supposed to be the whole the whole story, like the books mostly and in there. But anyway, <clears throat> we're here to talk about the cards. So I know that um, I'm you know, there there were just a ton of things that we could we could be here all day and talk about these cards. But you know, since we can't do that, I'm going to just talk about the CDH highlights mostly. Um, yeah, the One Ring and Orcish Bowmasters have kind of warped the format a little bit. I mean, there's entire decks about getting the One Ring. Uh, otherwise, thought that thought a Dell deck at Silicon Dynasty 2 would not have existed. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, make that of what you will. But um, I will shout out to cards like Delighted Halfling, which allows you to add mana for one one green mana. And also make some of your legendary spells uncounterable. And as well as getting up here on Scryfall here, the one, the real, I think, sleeper card of this set for CDH is going to be one that a lot of folks have really forgotten about, and that is Boromir, Warden of the Tower. Uh, three, three human soldier for two and a white with vigilance. And whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. If there's, anything, if there's anything that CDH uh, players love doing, it's playing free stuff. Well, Boromir just says no, honestly. And then you can sacrifice Boromir to give all your creatures indestructible until the turn the ring tempts you. 
that card just oozes value in so many ways. It's not funny. Um, <laughs> it's just a couple bucks. And again, I'm, I'm going to shout out to Anna again, Frexing fan girl for having this in that Elish Norn deck. And after this card dropped, it's basically, I, I want to quit. I want to go home. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it is so good. So good. And and then I would be remiss if we didn't uh, shout out to the common that is basically Shivam bot, um, or East farthing <laughs> farmer. It's literally Shivam just in Lord of the Rings. Um, so so I'll, I'll leave that there. But yeah, there, there was so much. It looks like him. Well, it's totally him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's great. But yeah, there, there was a lot of stuff in this in this set on on all levels, honestly. Even, even Call of the Ring is actually not a bad card. It's an enchantment to ring tempts you at the beginning of your upkeep, which is really nice, especially if you can get down on turn two. Uh, because again, you're going to incrementally gain value over the course of three or four turns. And whenever you choose a creature as a ring bearer, you may pay two life to draw a card. So you're you're not only getting that little bit of combat value, I'd say every turn, but you're also able to draw additional cards by paying a little bit of life, which makes so much sense just flavor wise. That it's called Call of the Ring. It's basically it's it's tempting you, and you're paying a little bit of your soul to gain extra resources. It's just such a flavorful card for a rare that's. Actually, a couple bucks. I thought it was going to be cheaper than that. But, uh, yeah, just so many other ones. Um, and, again, we did get Mirkwood Bats out of the set. I don't know if this is a mistake oh. or not. Um, <laughs> but whenever you use Crater Sacrifice token, each opponent loses one life. Um, I, I guess I should have mentioned that with One Ring and Bowmasters. Like, if, if it hadn't been for those two cards, Bats would have been, like, the most busted thing to come out of the set. And now we don't really talk about it all that much. <laughs> so I think that should just tell you how crazy this other card. But then we all we got the Nazgul cards, where you can have up to nine of them. So folks were trying to get all nine versions of those, one of each for their deck. Um, we got a couple of really cool Spellslinger things. We got Erebor Flamesmith, as well as Fiery Inscription, which uh, deal damage to your opponents with uh, instants or sorceries when you cast those. Gimli Counter of Kills was pretty cool. Um, mm. Basically, uh, whenever a creature and opponent controls dies, Gimli deals one damage to that creature's controller. Um, just so many good cards came out of the set, honestly, at, at all uh, rarities. It's it's crazy. And then again, a shout-out to Zeb of playing with power for continuing to run his Lotho Corrupt Sheriff deck in, at the CDH table. And congratulations to him for finally winning one of the streamed games. <laughs> With, with that deck, because it's really cool, and it just it gives you so much value, and then just how many Sour on the Dark Lords of decks I've seen lately. So many, 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 many good cards, and then just those beautiful uh, basic lands we got. But again, I, I think if there's a theme of 2023, it's just the basic lands have just gone, you know, crazy as far as just how much we're getting, especially the full art ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... I will leave that there because we do want to keep moving on. So um, we're going to go on to Commander Masters, and I actually have to pull that up here because um, I'm, I'm actually going to speak on this one. So I know I've talked about this on my podcast before. I did a whole wrap-up episode on this one. I did a couple pre-releases when this came out. set was super expensive, but I was able to budget out a couple of pre-releases. And I'm just going to say I had a fun time playing this because... There was a draft rule where you could pair two monocolor legends together just for the event and then play those. So I got a chance to play uh, Chainer, the monoblack Chainer, uh, the one that brings creatures back from the graveyard, as well as Sakiko, Mother of Summer, who gives you a nice uh, green 
mana boost. Oddly enough, I was going to try to build her a couple of years ago, back when no one knew about her, and just kind of shot that whole idea to hell. But um, the idea being that I could create some weird stuff doing that. Deck worked fairly well, but the one that really worked well was Maelstrom Wanderer. That was that was a fun deck. Just getting to cascade into crazy stuff, and just I had some crazy draw engines in that deck. And it was it was a lot of fun. Almost won my game just by overloading the the board with value. There was just so much going on because I just drafted all sorts of giant creatures and, <laughs> and small draw engines. So it's like I'm I have three copies of Windrider Wizard in here. If I cast an instant sorcery spell, I can basically draw three, discard three, and it's like just churn through my deck. It was crazy, and. Yeah, it, a lot of really good reprints in here. We had Avacyn was in this set. Uh, Cyclonic Rift was in this set. Um, we had just a bunch of older legends getting to come back here. I'm talking about like Kaho, Minamo Historian was in here. Lorthos the Tidemaker was in here. Um, let's see. The original Mono Blue Teferi was in here, actually. The, yeah... The one that, uh, let's see, you can untap up to four target permanents. The one that was actually CDH viable with uh, Chain Veil and might still be these days. Archained of Despair was in this deck. Blood Chief Ascension came down in price after this one. But we also had the free spells coming out in this set. I'm looking right here at Deadly Rock. And <laughs> yeah, those cards are really good. And having the reprint was really nice. But also getting Demonic Tutor reprinted was nice too. So, I mean, this really was a Commander Masters set, and it delivered in so many ways, just in, in, in regards to the cards that came out. Only problem, though, was its price. I think that it would have been a lot more um, a lot more opened if, you know, the price had been like half of, of what it was. But, you know, for, for what it is, and, you know, for all the value that was in there, I think it was a, just a really fun set to draft, and it's the kind of thing where I would really love to see Commander Masters too. Yeah, I'd like to see one as well uh, at half the price, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts before we move on to the next standard legal set on this one? Um, nothing that I think you hadn't said already. The reprints were great. The draft experience was awesome. I did um, uh, Danitha and, and uh, Pal Paldine, I think his name is. Uh, is a blue, a white commander that like reduces artifacts, and a blue commander that said if you had the highest artifact on board, oh, you could draw yes. a card. Kadeem Console uh, of Innovation, yes. I'm, yeah. I remember him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of great reprints. Um, nothing that hasn't already been said millions of times. Um, I, I'm hoping that me and a couple buddies of mine will all agree to to split a, the cost of a Commander Master so we could just do the Commander Master's drafts. Because, man, that would be fun to just get a nice, good pot going and just keep doing it. Brian, any any thoughts? I mean, the same with me. It's like I, I actually honestly didn't play any of it because it was just so expensive to pick up and stuff. So, but I I bought the singles. I love the treatments. Like again, I what I like about master sets and particularly what they're doing with some of these is like it's it's you know it's it's singles Christmas. It's when you the prices start dropping and then you see them like okay we gotta pick it up and stuff like that. I I would like it be a little cheaper. So then that way I could experience the, the limited environment as well as like I I maybe a little cheaper might help get them open more so the prices go down a little bit more. But I also get like why there's a certain price point and why this is like gonna be a little bit more expensive because there's gonna be more valuable cards in it. So it's a it goes back and forth. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And again, those uh I'm trying to remember what they were called. Yeah, the profile cards. 
<clears throat> that was a big hit, I would say. And getting to see more of those would, I think, would especially for Commander Masters 2, that would be pretty awesome because getting to see some of your favorite commanders, you know, in, in a nice profile side view was, was pretty cool. Although the Zakama Primal Calamity one, and I know I did post this on Twitter at the time, reminds me of the Three Dragons meme. So, <laughs> <laughs> and once you see it, you can't unsee it. Trust me. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great set. Just a kind of sad about the price points, but getting to see so many cool cards out there. And uh, big shout out to Zancha for also appearing in this set, for having been one of the people who used to play that before it was cool. Um, it was it was cool seeing <laughs> seeing her back in the set. But yeah, just so many uh, so many other. <clears throat> Amazing commanders being the sets, so many good cards coming out. And just bring the prices down across the board, even if they haven't stayed there. Um, you know, just, just having that ability to get those copies out there is never a bad thing. And, I'm, and I'll never be sad when there's a team or battle rage in the format and you can draft like three of them, <laughs> which is what I did because <laughs> I'm crazy like that. But I love, I love combat. I love double strike. So anyway, moving on. Uh, we are going to go to Wilds of Eldraine coming out September of this hey. year. And which is kind of weird because we had uh, two sets basically coming out within a month. So this is kind of the part where I think we all really started to feel the weight of the number of releases coming out because Commander Masters came out in August. Then we had Wilds of Eldraine then two more sets before the end of the year. And that's not even mentioning Middle-Earth coming out end of June. It's like we started getting a lot of sets here. So if, if for the folks out there, if you forgot some of these cards existed, you're not alone. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to move over to Wilds of Eldraine, which is our return to the plane of Eldraine after the invasion. I know there was a story or mention of Eldraine in the March of the Machine story, but it was nice to be able to return to this plane that everyone really loved and we're gonna send it over to brian to get us started on this one yeah i actually was a very big fan of the original drain i know it's infamous for like the adventures and like the super powerful standard and you know i regularly get quizzed about what a uh, wandering beast is um <laughs> but yeah no i i was really excited to see us come back as i already mentioned i'm a big fan of food and <laughs> i I know some folks are kind of like, oh, I like when food was like this sketchy kind of like side strategy and everything. Like you, maybe it's not a big focus and you, you try to make it in, you know, you just try your best to do it. But like, I was happy that it got focused again. I was happy when it was coming back. Like, please tell me food's returning. Um, and to speak about cards, like I really, I was in that camp. I really wanted Ginger. I wanted to see her finally get a card. She was in that first Eldraine trailer. And we never saw anything of her again. So to get that card was like, yes, this is the win for me. I'm so <laughs> happy. And I love how they incorporated her to work with, like, she can slot into knights. She can slot into food. She can slot into just artifact stuff. And just also in limited, just being kind of like a fun card that you wanted to um to use if you had, like, the food deck ready and stuff like that. And even then, like... There was stuff that triggered her that that didn't have to be you know just food and it was i love that um i know i still also want to i like rolls i'm surprised about how they did stuff with like the enchantments and stuff it was like they did that so well that i thought it was interesting that like how did we not already do that like it makes yeah. sense that it's like the the 
fairy tale world with enchantments. Like enchantments almost seems like a slam dunk and like obvious. This should have been in there in the first place. Um, I'm gonna butcher his name and I feel bad. Um, Gawain. Gawain. The, uh, the cast. Yeah, the casting director card. I got this at Vegas and I'm really enjoying it. Like, there's so many fun things you can do with it. So I, I used to work on films and stuff like that. So like seeing Gawain and having all those little roles and stuff just made me really happy. And just like, yes, this is my <laughs> silly Celestia deck card. <laughs> but yeah. Otherwise, I, I, you know, again, I enjoyed the set and I thought it was, you know, if I was just fun and everything, I a little sad it came to maybe a short end with everything else coming out so quickly. But like, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good time. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think I kind of checked out of Magic for the last, like, half of the year, personally. So I didn't really check out this set at all. So I don't really have any... I didn't go to pre-release. Um, don't remember what... I think I was at... I think this one coincided with Vegas, maybe. I'm trying to remember. It seems like I just... Mm-hmm. was Yeah. So I, I was just busy playing Commander that weekend and just missed out on pre-release and just ended up kind of losing track of time these last couple months so it happens there was a bunch of, i know folks were really excited about this i unfortunately really don't have anything to add to this to the set although i have played against a couple of these cards i've played against the hilda of the icy crown deck uh thank you mm-hmm. i think that was kuro who i played against uh, with this particular one or maybe it was cole one of those two, I know it, it was Cole and uh, Cole. I'm still shaking my fist at you for that game. That was uh, <laughs> it was rude. It's rude of you, as well as Ariad of the Charmed Apple, which uh, I, I don't think is necessarily overpowered. Um, I know people are talking about this, you know, in regards to how much they can push it, but I think it's a kind of a slower deck, but that can easily snowball into doing a lot of damage really quickly, as well as. Um, if you're going to talk about CDH, especially, um, Talion the Kindly Lord has actually taken off recently, just because you can just get so much value, draw so many cards off of just naming one in the format. As well as I know a lot of folks were brewing Rowan's Sign of War as well. And just because you can just lose a ton of life and then just hit people with Crackle of Power, and that's GG's in a lot of cases. <laughs> so, yeah, just being really good cards... As well as just getting a lot of uh, a lot of creature type support as well, in this in this deck was was big, and th- th- I think the, really the return to creature type decks was was one of the big things that came out of the set. Honestly, it was like you're you're able to bring some of these creature types which haven't we haven't seen in a while or haven't necessarily gotten a lot of pieces, and people want those particular cards in those particular colors being able to give like fairies for instance that support or the rats for that extra support for instance was really big for a lot of folks i mean i'd already built my fairy deck in different colors so because i'm a weird hipster like that but uh mm-hmm. most folks aren't <laughs> gonna go the crazy route like i did so they they got a lot of value and also i can't talk about cdh without talking about the real all-star from the sets beseech the mirror Mm-hmm. and Beseech the Mirror for those who don't know is a sorcery for one black 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 that's a tutor so you can get any card from your library and shuffle put it exile face down but if the spell was bargained which you can sacrifice an artifact enchantment or token as you cast the spell you may cast the exiled card without paying its mana cost of that spell's mana value is 4 or less and put the exiled card in your hand if it wasn't cast this way so effectively this is a nice way to pay 4 mana to immediately cast your Necropotent spread out of your deck is pretty much the idea or just anything that's <laughs> mana value 4 or less but still 
really, really good. The, the fact that it's a tutor and you, for a nominal cost, can basically cast whatever it is. The, the idea that you can pull something directly from your library and put it on the battlefield is crazy, honestly. It's so good. And Beseech the Mirror is going to be a CDH staple. And I, I don't like saying staple on this podcast, but it is becoming a card that you are seriously considering in a lot of your black decks in that meta. And it is slowly becoming uh, one of those ubiquitous cards, I would say, in in that end of the format. So just really cool to, to see things like that coming out, as well as didn't uh, the Cauldron come out of the set too? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, to this was here the on this Agatha's. Yeah, Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Again, shout out to Scylla for this one, for actually uh, piloting a Soul Cauldron deck to a top four at a CDH tournament recently. So big, big ups there. Congrats for that. And uh, you may spend mana as those are mana of any color to activate abilities, creatures to control. You get creatures with plus one, plus one counters. And then you can exile target card from the graveyard. Whenever a creature card is exiled this way, put a plus one, plus one counter to a creature you control. And when you combine this with Rayhan, uh, Last of the Abzan, as Scylla did, woo, it gets powerful real quickly. So <laughs> just really cool to see some of these cards, as well as I got to talk about the art for Ginger Brutes. I mean, whenever Ginger Brutes in a set, that's just a win. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest ginger brood is always a win and then yeah we got more uh of those uh, showcase lands and everything so yeah 2023 really was the year of lands wasn't it anywho moving on to the next set which feels like it basically drowned out wilds of eldraine which was unfortunate because i think that eldraine really didn't get a chance to breathe and this is unfortunately a set I have absolutely no experience with, so I'm going to rely upon you two to, to tell me what's going on. And that is the Doctor Who set. So, uh, Brian, take it away. So, uh, we're going to turn this into a Doctor Who podcast already, right? Um, oh, no. Get off my podcast. No. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, so remember how I mentioned I don't know a lot about Lord of the Rings, although I think maybe I do actually know more than I know. Um, I know everything about Doctor Who. I am a huge Doctor Who fan. And it was this set and the one that follows are were my two antis- like highest, like most anticipated sets of this year. Like I wanted to see how they were going to do this. I know Gavin Verhey is a big Doctor Who fan. And hearing that he was in charge, I'm like, okay, this is this has gotta be good. And it it did not disappoint. I'm sorry. It it is yeah, I can pandemic and i can say there's certain things i didn't like about like or like certain like things i would have done differently but otherwise i think it was just a hit overall like there's so many fun stuff and great themes and 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 car and obviously we got to talk about the cards um a good example of that is reverse of polarity like if you're a doctor who fan you know how reverse of polarity is the you know scientific jibber jabber that the doctor says when there's no real explanation for that. Mm-hmm. And it was a card I was like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a reverse of polarity. What's the card going to do? What's it going like, what's it going to do? What's it going to be? Is it sorcery? Is it something else? Like, what is it? And I love how, um, it turned into a card that is not only a perfect reference to doctor who, and then encapsulates that whole set. But it also is just a good card. Like I've been seeing some blue decks using it, really enjoying it. I've used it. It can be fun. Um, I forget what the other card is called, but there's a blue card where it's um, representing the the one-dimensional beings in one of uh, the 12 Doctors episodes. That is also really good to combo those together. 
Um, I almost got killed by a person from reversing the polarity because they were going to switch around my my stats, and everything, and I was I was going to die. <laughs> One other key card saved me, which is everybody lives. Um, which is yeah, which is a great card, a little bit pricey, but it is good. And again, I love it. I love how everything in the set looked. I love the artwork. This is one of the ones where, like, I and I feel this way about Lord of the Rings sets, is that I think the base artwork is also just as good as the showcase. Like, both of them are just equally as good. Plus, I like the fact that maybe instead of just being a big set, it was just those four commander decks. And if you go and buy, you can just get, like, the whole bundle. You got all of it. That's it. You don't have to worry about buying anymore. The other extra stuff in the collector boosters, that was just... That was just extra. If you want that TARDIS frame, you can get it. If you don't want it, just buy that. You got the deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a, a big Doctor Who fan. Maybe not as much as Brian here, I could definitely tell. <laughs> but uh, uh, Doctor Who is, it was a very like, interesting uh, IP to, to pull for this. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it was a great um, uh, thing. And I agree that I think that having, not as much as I loved the um, Lord of the Rings style and like the entirety of the cards that they pulled for that. I think what they did here and how they just made it be four commander decks and all the cards are in those commander decks um, was an excellent way of doing it. Power wise, I don't know if they quite compete with the other precons of the other uh, sets that have been released this year, but um, in terms of like interesting mechanics and and uh, fulfillment in playing those decks, I think they do. Uh, I think they do meet the uh, the criteria and all the <laughs> the wibbly wobbly timey wimey nonsense that you can pull with all these different decks <laughs> is very very fulfilling. Um, uh, my favorite card of the deck is uh, what's her name Missy, <laughs> just because mm-hmm. I love I love voting decks so much um, that I mm-hmm. wish there was um, I, I wish there were more cards like that employed a voting mechanic um, like that to sort of. Uh, uh, build an entire deck around um so i'm 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 on the hunt and i think missy is on the top of that list at the moment (laughs) um but i don't have strangely enough i actually don't have any of these cards i don't have any of the uh um doctor who decks unfortunately um because the only one i i could see myself getting is the uh uh missy one and until i can see a a proper way of making the entire deck a, a a voting deck. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep it uh, at bay for now. One thing though, I have run into that has been surprisingly uh, exciting to play against is the Master Multiplied. Man, that that mm. Commander deck is so much uh, so much fun to to see in action when you're not the target of it. <laughs> um, I, I had the the benefit of being able to play at my local game store uh, with with that on the other side of the uh, other side of the table there. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the match that I got to play uh, against a, a stranger who was running that deck with that. But yeah, a lot of fun uh, decks. And I think if you were a big Lord of the Rings fan, uh, you had your Lord of the Rings moment. And this is, if you were a big Doctor Who fan, this is your Doctor Who moment. So uh, I hope that they give this special sort of treatment like they did to the Lord of the Rings, where it was an entire set to future sets. I don't think that's going to be the case. So I, I just haven't heard. Because uh, it seems like the Fallout ones is just going to be like the Lord of the Rings and the uh, Warhammer ones, where the cards are in the decks themselves. Not that that's a bad thing. I love more cards. Um, that's just me. So, um, but yeah, that's all I've got to say about it. <laughs> yeah, 
And one. I unfortunately don't have anything to add to this one, except if you really love voting decks, uh, Dan, you should try coming out and playing CDH sometime because you get to see a lot of Tibet decks, <laughs> which is famous for voting. And then you realize you don't like voting so much. Because <laughs> let's, let's be honest, um, voting and then skewing the voting sounds like the real world, doesn't it? But also just the fact that how busted Tibbet is as a commander, but yeah, um, it just, just had to, to shout out there that I play too much and think about CDH way too much. So <laughs> silly, silly things like that. But yeah, everything they said, because I honestly have no clue what any of these cards are supposed to mean, because I'm, I'm the Luddite here, so... I was going to say, too, if you are not a big Doctor Who fan, it's still worth looking at these cards. Because, again, just from application, like, Everybody Lives is, is a card I've been hearing a lot about played. And, again, like Dan said, Missy, I think there, I thought I heard there was also a CDH deck rolling around with Missy and using morphs and stuff and just doing a lot of, like, silly shenanigans with it. So I, I still think it's good for magic. I think if you're a Doctor Who fan, yes, this is great for you. If you're a magic fan, still great cards to just pick up and just kind of look through. Hmm. Okay. We're going to move on to the last set of the year, the last major set of the year anyway. And Brian, I know you were kind of uh, losing your mind over this set, so we'll we'll have you get started on this one. And that's going to be the Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Go. Yeah, I'm trying to hold back all of my like excitement. Because <laughs> um, I will be... You know, eternal screaming. Ah, um, so yeah, Exelon has a special place for me, um, especially because it's like I'm, I'm Latino. This is like you know, our set and everything. I, for those that don't know, when I was in Vegas, I led the panel on um, uh, talking about the original Exelon, which was we were talking about the uh, uh, Latine and Latinx reactions to the original set and everything. This set was everything I wanted. Like, I, I love the limited environment. I think it's really fun. I think it's interesting with, like, how we're using, like, Descend and the artifacts and, and like, crafting and stuff. But then also, like, and, and I feel like I might be repeating a lot of stuff from Star Wars, because like, I know you, you had her on here and everything talking about that. Who? I know if it was on my panel. Um, And it just, it's just, everything's there. The artwork is great. The, the reference to the gods, it's just going to the cards like you know um just those god cycle i love it so much it's so flavorful to mesoamerican you know beliefs and culture and 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 legends and i love that um the treatments that they did that they looked at artifacts and that's all i wanted from the original x lawn because i didn't mind the map treatments and i didn't mind the coin treatments that we had in march which were nice but they were not one was more centered for pirates one was more centered coins and gold it's kind of something all the factions kind of shared but like didn't feel like the mesoamerican stuff i wanted and i really just wanted something that felt like it was going to be more based there and we got it we got that we got that lovely vibrant artwork of different cards um and it just gosh there's just so much i can go into this can be a podcast for me so um the other thing I did want to mention too is really quick because I, I will mention him of course. Yes, the big year for Quint. Quint big finally got his Walker, and I, I'm so happy that card is like it's just so good. Like it has like, it has passionate archaeologists, um, uh, like a version of that effect attached to him. 
he has Discover. I'm a big fan of Cascade. I'm sorry, I know people are probably like annoyed with Cascade <laughs> and Discover, but I, I love it so much, and I'm so happy that he got it. And, and going, um, and finally, like, Watley's card. Watley's card is great, it is flavorful, it means so much to so many different people, and I, I love seeing that. And I was iffy about maybe Watley losing her spark, because again, she, She's just, you know, represents a minority group, and like maybe losing her spark means feels like it's losing status. But I love that they counteract that with like, no, this is this is representing so much of Mesoamerica, of you know, Latina and Latinx culture. This is what you you know, they knew that. And and big shout out to Ovidio and like a bunch of the people on the team about working on this set. Like it is it is just really good. Again, I don't know how it's going to be remembered. I'm a little bit more of a fan and forgiving of the original Exelon because I know people really had problems with Limited and stuff. But this one, like, I feel like it's just good all around. Like, I can't, I can't, I think this is the best one for me. But again, maybe that's my opinion. I, I'm probably a little bit more clouded with a bunch of other stuff, but I thought it was good. And I still enjoy Limited. I think it's still deep and has some fun stuff. All right, Dan, what were your thoughts? I, I also loved Exelon. Um, the, uh, the pre cons, I thought. Each and every one of them were a real banger, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, I'm not a I'm not a big dinosaur fan, but uh, I thought that that it was cool to get a lot of like, dinosaur cards that were a part of that. Um, <clears throat> way back at the beginning of the podcast, I was talking about the um, Phyrexia All Will Be One complete bundle. How they had the oil slick lands. Well, I bought a, a gift bundle for Lost Caverns of Ixalan, and in that bundle, they give you four. Uh, I think it's four, four or five of the full art, um, beautiful landscape lands that they have in this one. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be a staple going forward if a set is going to have a gift bundle and have um, full arts. Because I, I'm i fortunate enough to have gotten a lot of full art lands treatment in all in many of my commander decks. In Tasha the Witch Queen, I have them all as the uh, Dominaria uh, United um stained glass lands same thing for slime foot and squee i have an area of the charmed apple that i'm in the process of making all those uh the uh wilds of eldraine storybook lands or whatever um my aowin deck i'm trying to get all the map lands for and for this one it since it gave you all those lands i've thrown all of those into my aragorn the united deck because they all look so beautiful and i think that more representation should be given to like the artists and stuff like that that uh, work so hard on these lands and um getting more of those out into the uh world is such a positive thing so um i like that they did them here and i agree with everything that brian says as a uh, hispanic person myself it's like it's nice to have all the lo- a lot of those um representations of um my family's culture at least uh, uh found here as well so it's like heck yeah dude i love it this is awesome this is such a good set um we had a uh, uh, mana crypt reprinted in this set as well uh so yeah, that's, that's ridiculous that's a- the, the hunt for Mana Crypt is still out there, and we'll, we'll all hopefully see one one day. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, I, I don't know. It, Brian, I think, had a much more eloquent thing of, uh, of saying here, but um, uh, I, I think that, that if everyone can have a, a set that sort of caters to them and, and helps them feel a part of the community, or at least steam, at least, that I think that's a good thing. And I think that this set was a big step forward in, in doing something like that. For sure, for sure. <clears throat> I again didn't get very deep in into this one. I mean, I read the story, so 
for me, I think this is uh, definitely a big worthless win, a win in every conceivable way, but I was sick on the day of pre-release. So I did have, I did have a good excuse for that one. So, um, yeah, but we, we did get to see a lot of cool stuff. I really haven't gotten a chance to play around with these cards. Although any set that does have a card called pirate hat, you know, that's always fun. <laughs> just, just like silly kind of things like that. But again, all the beside my my little fun little side there, so much flavor, so much cool stuff going on. I, I'm not even gonna try to you know get into more of it. It's just there's there's too much. You could do a whole episode on this, honestly. So <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna Great. try to add anything because I just haven't played with this set. And that's uh, except for uh, we should mention Roaming Throne though. Mm, yes, yeah. oh yeah, because outstanding. Everyone's super into that, and it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, we have reached the end of our set by set breakdown. I just want to have my guests just do their wrap up thoughts on the year and cards, some of the things they liked, some of the things they really liked, and uh, you know, going into twenty twenty four. And let's start with love- you, Dan. Uh, I, okay, I would love to to. <laughs> say what your favorite card is and what your favorite commander of this uh, year was because that's personally i've got two answers for those um i loved it it, it was so much it, it was a exciting year for magic uh with all the different cards that we could have <clears throat> gotten to see and uh i think that getting to uh sorry my, my mind is all uh warped because i'm so excited there was a place for man. Uh, anybody had some a place for magic this year, I think, because whether that you were a whale and you wanted the Commander Masters uh, fun stuff, there was stuff like that. If you were a fan of IPs, there were a bunch of different crossover things this year. Um, and overall, I, I think that there was a lot of positive uh, parts of the of this sets that could come have come out this year, and a big step in a positive direction for art this year. Um, I. I only hope that more beautiful artwork like we have seen this year will be released um, in the years to come uh, because that's the big pull for what draw what drew me into magic uh, to begin with. Um, my favorite cards, uh, I already said um, Behold the Multiverse is such a cool card. Um, the other highlight card of this year, um, Itali Primal Conqueror. Man, I love that card. <laughs> that, and I've, I've gotten to see it played. I've got to, I've got to play with it so many times. And um, my favorite commander was Aragorn the Uniter because I love that multicolor focus. Nobody expects what you play in that deck. Um, so getting to surprise them is, is always a lot of fun. To wrap everything up first. So, uh, yeah, Brian, go ahead. I think while the year might have started, like, yeah, because, again, people have some iffiness about one in March and Aftermath. I think it overall, and especially with the universe beyond stuff, really represents what we enjoy about magic like, like again we got like crossovers of seeing old characters return and like what we love about that we got to see like you know two very good universes beyond stuff which i'm excited now a little bit more for more universes beyond stuff coming i know that's like very controversial and people are you know mixed about having these different ips go into magic but like as long as they take some time and care like they did with lord of the rings and with doctor who i feel like still do well i think it'll still be good um but yeah i mean my my favorite part of the year is probably the later half because obviously you, you can tell by my voice i'm a big doctor who fan you can tell mm-hmm. how much i love Exxon and how much a slam dunk that was like 
it was really nice to see that they listened to a lot of opinions that I had collected over the years and listened to and been like, and we, I got, we did a whole panel of Vegas about on Exelon. So it was, it was, it was really nice. It was really nice. That's end of the year. And it's nice that we're moving into the 2024 with some very interesting uh, sets coming out as well. Like I'm a big murder fan, so I am interested in, in, uh, murders that call off manor. Um, the other, which one is it? It's Dustborn. Is the weird, like if the plane is all in the haunted house. Again, I'm like a supernatural fan too, and like horror, so I love that. Um, and then also, very very interested is uh, you know, good old Thunder Junction. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> I want to see. I know, I know the infamous thing of D and D players is uh spell slinging. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna we're gonna see those spell slingers take out those guns, and we're gonna you know. <laughs> showdown at Oko Corral and I'm real excited for that because my <laughs> pappy and this is I'm this is the truth my dad really loves westerns so like I grew up watching you know good bad the ugly fistful of dollars and stuff so but yeah I'm I'm really excited for that um our favorite cards are and favorite commander uh Quint and Quint <laughs> <laughs> and I love that I can I love that I can do that um also, like, Samifer, that was really fun. I really love that deck still. Um, just all the Doctors. Let's just, I'm just going to put that out there. I love all the Doctors. Particularly, um, I have a Warmaster deck. Or Warmaster. <laughs> or Doctor. Um, deck that I'm using right now with Rose that I really love. And it's, like, I love just, like, facing stuff out and then using Cascade and stuff to get out. Um, I don't think about any other cards in particular. I, mean, I mentioned a few of them already, but yeah, pretty much. I I thought this was a good year. I I'm surprised by how well the years uh, was because again, one, it's not a bad set. I think, but I think I can see like people not necessarily enjoying as much. But I think the finish on this year was like really good and really strong, at least for me. All right, and then we'll finish up with my uh, favorite commander, my favorite card. So folks out there know I don't build conventional decks. I don't like building what everyone else is building. So I have not built any commanders from 2023. I like going back into the the, the archives a little bit and finding old stuff to put to, to jam together into new new builds. I really haven't built that much this year. But uh, again, I think the top commander that I had just kind of from a standpoint of just being really cool. I'm gonna go back to March of the Machine here, and I'm gonna again give a shout out to Thalia and the Gitrog Monster. Um, for Horus, first rank death touch, you may play an additional land of each of your turns, but you don't have to sacrifice. Well, actually, I mean, I get when it attacks, but not when it ETBs. And creatures, non basic lands your opponents control on the battlefield tapped, and whenever Thali and the Get Rock Monster attack, sacrifice a creature or land, then draw a card. Um, this just. Yeah, this is basically everything that those two characters just smashed together into one card. And I did pull one of the uh, showcase versions of that back in foil back when it was like $15 and should have sold it then. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say about that one. And as far as favorite card, I uh, hadn't been excited about a card in a while, you know, like a particular card. But um, seeing Levdev's look at Tarion Soul Cleaver out of Lost Caverns actually got me really excited. Uh, not not quite pants wedding excitement, but uh, you know, getting there. So it's an equipment legendary artifact costing one. Equipped creature has vigilance, and whenever another artifact or creature is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on equipped creature with equipped cost two. 
So for those of us, and I'm speaking for me, who have Alenda the Duskrose decks, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when I also do run some artifact stuff in there as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I haven't, haven't had a chance to pull this card out yet in that deck, haven't drawn it yet. But if this goes off, um, fun time shall, shall ensue. Not for, not for you, for me. So it's definitely one of the few cards I was like genuinely from the moment I saw it's like <gasps> must play. Yeah, cards that that came out this year. I mean there were a few others, but I think that one right there was like the biggest for me. And I know it's just it's it's funny, it's just a little artifact, but on the other hand, I'm not a typical player. So I I like weird little things. I'm I'm kinda like the people who really enjoyed Poison Dart Frog at that set. You know? It's like <laughs> just find the most random card and it's like this is the most this is the coolest card ever. So that that's kind of where I am. But uh, if if you've been listening to the podcast long enough, you probably know that about me already. So I'm not gonna not gonna harp that on that too much. So anyway, we have reached the end of the episode after a glorious 90 minutes talking about cards and about me really not talking about the One Ring and Orcish Bowmasters. So One Ring and or- <laughs> the One Ring and Orcish Bowmasters, their cards. I don't necessarily like them, but uh, they're gonna be around for a while. So yeah, they're they're certainly pieces <laughs> of cardboard. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm gonna do uh, the outro here in reverse order. So Dan, it was great having you on here. Uh, great to be talking with you pretty much for the first time since Anaheim, I think. And yeah, let the good folks out there know where they can find all your stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Marsh Towers Art. Uh, that's M A R C H E A M A R C H E T O W E R S, and then Art, or I do a lot of commission work. Uh, and some D&D artwork, and a couple of other personal projects. And yeah, um, that's pretty much it, honestly. <laughs> that's, that's the only place you can find me. Uh, I take commissions, so by all means. Uh, if you're interested, throw me a line. Thank you so much for having me, MJ. And yeah. Brian, it was so nice to meet you as well, and uh, well, at least see you again. And uh, this was a total blast. I, I love doing this. So if you ever need again, by all means, I'm just a call away. Will do, will do. All right, Brian, it's your turn. Hi, I'm Brian. Uh, again, also known as the True Fam Angel, uh, T R U for True, and just Fam Angel. Um, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on pretty much on anywhere on the interwebs, um, other than like Insta. Um, under that tag, uh, I stream. Uh, it's a little bit of a pause right now, but I do primarily uh, do a lot of streaming on Twitch. And like I said, I'm a mod. I hop into some um, commander games and everything. But yeah, if you wanna. Follow me in the interwebs, and if you want to hear more uh, gushing about Doctor Who, uh, Exelon, and, you know, uh, just in general magic, yeah, feel free to follow me, you know, take a look at my stuff. All right. And if you're interested in hearing any of the previous 200-some episodes I have on the MTG Quarantine Podcast, you can find those on the usual podcast outlets. Your Google's, Apple, Spotify, Player FM, Rockcast, Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, and a million others. I honestly forget all of them, but it's a major podcast outlet. You can probably find my stuff on there. You can also find me on the Twitter sphere at, at MTG Quarantine if you just want to see me talking about random memes or, you know, upping my friends' stuff, doing all sorts of crazy stuff like that. And again, I do want to say it was great having both of you on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. It was nice to meet or talking to you both, and thank you for having me. All right. And if, uh, again, this is the perfect time of the episode to give another huge shout-out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash Quarantine. So you join the thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Nick S., Frugal Brutal, and Coach J. Rowe for supporting the show. 
If you'd like to help me support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. And again, you can go over to quivertime.com. Use my promo code MTGIQ in all lower caps. Again, that's MTGIQ for 10% off your order at checkout. So definitely go check that out, as well as the MTG and Quarantine branded playmats over at Inked Gaming, I-N-K-E-D Gaming.com. Have links of those in the link tree in the episode description below, as well as links to all of my guest stuff. So I will ask you to send me that at a later time, and we'll have that up by when this episode is released. So... Yeah, definitely check out my stuff, check out my guest stuff, and then go check out all the other episodes of my back catalog that you've probably missed. And hopefully you, I mean, I don't want to say hopefully you've missed episodes, because I hope you've been listening to everything, but if you haven't, definitely check out my other episodes. Anyway, that is going to be a wrap for today. That is a wrap on 2023. It's been a good year for Magic the Gathering. Let's hope 2024 will be even better. Um, Just really excited about that. And uh, yeah, happy new year, everyone. And I will see you all if, if I release this by the end of the day, anyway, uh, 2023. If not, uh, I will be giving you a retroactive, have a good 2024 from 2024. I know it doesn't make sense, but frankly, none of this makes sense. So whatever. Have a good new year's, everyone. And this is MJ signing off. You've been listening to the MTG and Quarantine Podcast. The MTG and Quarantine Podcast. <laughs>